And in the middle of their self-judgment and self-doubt, they are also struggling with asking for help. That is a recipe for feeling stuck, hopeless, or burning out. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Comfort Zone, the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding you through change the easy way so that you can live your best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. I've just come back from teaching at a week-long retreat, an experience that was called Workation, organized by Retreat Sweden, together with Eko Uppen. The retreat was for self-employed, freelancers and remote workers to take some time and get away from their familiar surroundings and everyday chores and routines and to arrive at a place located in the beautiful surroundings of nature close to a lake for swimming in forests to walk in where healthy food is cooked and made for you breakfast lunch and dinner The mornings started with a yoga session and around midday I hosted a daily group session that I called the Thought Forge, a place for everyone to bounce their ideas around, get support from both me and the rest of the group on things they wanted to work on or think about. Every evening we had speakers sharing about an expert topic, helping the participants develop their skill sets and mindsets. And during one of the evening sessions, I hosted an interactive workshop about motivation and growth inside the comfort zone. And if you've caught any of my previous episodes on motivation and growth, you get a pretty good idea on what I was getting into. In fact, I'll be hosting an updated version of the same workshop online shortly. So if you too want to learn how to hack your motivation and get more done without all the work, then show your interest in the workshop to receive a formal invitation to join once I make it official by visiting adamkowalek.com forward slash motivation dash workshop. Now, the link can be found in the show notes as well. While at the retreat, I met so many wonderful people who all shared the same desire to make a difference in the world or to make improvements to their lives so that they could live true to their own essence. In some of the conversations that I had, I thought I noticed a theme, a theme that has been present in some of my last few episodes when talking about overperformance, insecurity and self-worth, a theme that has been most present in my own life and earlier career, the challenge with asking for help. I often meet people who indeed are more than capable and often successful in their own right, only they don't always feel like it, neither capable or successful. And in the middle of their self-judgment and self-doubt, they are also struggling with asking for help. That is a recipe for feeling stuck, hopeless or burning out? Why is it that we can be so bad at asking for help? What is getting in the way? From my own experience, personally and professionally, some typical reasons for not asking for help are you don't want to be seen as being weak, or you don't want to be a burden. So let's address the first one here, the fear of being seen as weak. Have you ever thought about what it truly means when you have the belief that 
Asking for help would make you look weak. Dr. Brene Brown, a professor who's spent the past decade studying vulnerability, says you may very well be judging people without even realizing it. Appearing on Oprah Winfrey's Life Class, Brene Brown had asked the audience if they felt more comfortable giving help than receiving help, which the majority agreed with. When you cannot accept and ask for help, without self-judgment, then when you offer other people help, you are always doing so with judgment. Really? Always. Because you have attached judgment to asking for help. And so one way I had got a lot of my worth for a lot of years was helping other people. Yeah. But I would never ask for help, which meant every time I was helping you, I was judging you. One reason Brown says we're afraid to ask for help is that we fear we'll be judged. A thing that I've practiced myself on my own journey to self-love is to avoid judging and criticizing myself, having a negative inner dialogue constantly running in the background. Something I once heard is that the mind makes no distinction between your own self-judgment and the judgment of others. So when you judge yourself, it's easy to believe that others judge you just the same. And it works the other way around as well. When you're quick to judge others, you're often quick to also pass judgment on yourself. For this reason alone, I think it's a good idea to avoid judging. Do you agree? A trick or an exercise I practiced at the time when this was most present for me, something I picked up from the author and podcaster Tim Ferriss, is to wear a rubber band or a rubber bracelet on your right arm. And every time you catch yourself judging yourself, someone or something else you move the rubber band to the other arm and keep track of how often you've switched arms. Each time represents a time when you passed judgment. This helps you become aware of the habitual judging that can be going on without you even thinking about it. Being afraid of asking for help for the fear of being seen as weak comes from a simple misunderstanding. People see the vulnerability of asking for help as a weakness. Asking for help isn't a weakness, it's a strength. It takes strength to tell other people that you don't have all the answers, that you're struggling with something or that you need help. And often, it can be the most liberating thing to say that you simply don't know. As I mentioned in one of my recent episodes about self-worth, as a species, humans are not meant to be alone and we're not independent from each other. It's quite the opposite. Our strength is in the numbers when we band together. Few things, if any, have ever been birthed into existence all by oneself. I didn't sew my own clothes. I didn't build a roof over my head and I didn't farm the food in my belly. Chances are, neither do you. We've all had help to get where we are for most of our existence. It's a strength, not a weakness. Not to mention what it means to be the one helping someone else. We are hardwired to help. It's one of the reasons why we have mirror neurons, empathy, and even speech. We feel good when we're able to help. Not asking for help risks keeping us stuck and blocked unable to produce the outcome we want. We become less effective in delivering the desired results. And on a whole, 
We're not providing the value that we're here to provide to our species, adding strength to the numbers. One could argue that not asking for help is a weakness and risk dragging down everyone else's effort. How selfish of you. When you refuse to ask for help, you're perpetuating the misunderstanding that it's a weakness and others might come to adopt the culture of avoiding vulnerability. Instead, when you ask for help, you give others permission to do the same and can help foster a culture of openness, generosity and care. I am inviting you to see how asking for help is an act of unselfishness and an act of strength, not something to be ashamed of. In the beginning of this conversation, I pointed out two typical reasons that prevent us from asking for help. The fear of being seen as weak and the fear of being a burden. Parts of what I've unpacked so far lends itself to the argument of how when you ask for help, you're not a burden or a liability, but an asset. And let me drive this point home some more. Thinking that you're a burden when asking for help is to believe that we're all supposed to have stuff figured out. If we'd walk around thinking that, I'd argue that we wouldn't have survived very long as a species. Imagine this. Someone is tasked with something that is important to you, and they get stuck somehow and are in need of help. Wouldn't you want them to ask you for help so that the thing that is important to you can come into fruition? In the professional world, business leaders prefer employees who feel comfortable asking for help. Companies work more efficiently when employees collaborate and share responsibilities. When you ask for help, you're saying that what you're working on is important to you. It signals care and commitment. There's a delicate distinction when it comes to asking for help that might prevent you from feeling like a burden. Be clear on what you need help with. Don't make people guess what you need help with. Whenever I can, I try to help people to learn how to get in touch with their needs, what they're needing for the world to be a good place for them. Too often, people don't know what they need. Instead, they either provide a very general request and makes it seem overwhelming, since no one knows where to start, or they are more focused on what they don't want than what they do want. When getting clear on what you need, you might need to do a little introspection. What are you feeling? And what are those feelings trying to tell you? What do you need at this moment and what would help fulfill that? Here are some common examples. I feel overwhelmed. I need rest. I'll ask them to take something off of my plate. I feel sad. I need connection. I'll ask to spend some quality time with them. I feel angry. I need to re-establish certain boundaries. I'll make a request and explore their willingness to agree. You don't have to be able to perfectly articulate what you're going through or have every step of it planned out. But the more direction you have, the easier it'll be to get the help you need. If you don't know what you need, say that. It's okay to acknowledge it and ask to talk it through together and see what comes up. Another thing to keep in mind is to make sure that the request for help is really a request and not a demand. What I mean is this, if what you're asking for is in fact something that you're expecting them to do for you, you're not actually asking, are you? 
You're telling them. Instead, when your ask truly is an ask, you've given them space to say no, the option to reject the request. Knowing this will help you feel less concerned about feeling like a burden since they are left to decide for themselves. No strings attached. It's their choice, which is another reason to actually ask for help, preferably sooner rather than later, before the issue turns into something much bigger than it needs to be and volunteerism is less of an option. And if you do get a negative response, what you might consider a rejection, I'm inviting you to see this instead. Since you made sure that your request indeed was a request and not a demand, a rejection is in truth only them exercising their free will, and you want that for them. Since I'm sure that you too want to have the option to choose to help or do anything someone else is requesting of you, right? If you want that freedom, you will also need to grant the same freedom to others. Remember what I said earlier about when you judge others, you tend to also judge yourself. Here again, can this phenomenon be present? When you don't grant others the option of saying no, when the roles are reversed, you yourself might not believe that saying no is an acceptable answer. So it's not a rejection, but an exercise of free will. Make it okay for people to say no and communicate to them that no is an acceptable answer, which won't offend. Then extend the same courtesy to yourself. There are so many reasons why people might not feel able to help. Don't make it all about you, because that can indeed feel burdensome. I get it. Nobody likes being rejected, which can make you think that it's safer to not ask. But I hope that you now see how rejection is not part of the equation here. Instead, there can be love, respect an acceptance when what you're asking for is being asked without the neediness or dependency of a demand. If you now feel like asking for help might not be such a hard thing after all, and you'd like some practice on how to ask for help, here's a few ways you can practice it. When you want to explore someone's availability to help improve your chances for getting heard around what you need, you can ask, I'd like to ask for your help with something. Is there a time today when you feel free to talk? Or, I'd really appreciate your help with something. Could you let me know when it would be a good time for you to talk through it? When you're asking for something specific, which helps them understand what and how to offer support, preventing you feel like a burden you can ask, I've been having a hard time getting into the habit of exercising but I know moving my body is good for me in a time like this when I feel very stressed out. Could we take a walk together this week? Or, I've been having a hard time after my breakup and I'm feeling pretty lonely. I could really use your company. Can we have a movie night sometime soon? When you're not sure what you need, you can acknowledge that and still bring some clarity to your request. Try saying, I'm not sure what to do, but I'm open to any ideas. Do you have any thoughts? What usually helps you in a situation like this? Or, I'm not sure what I need from you, but talking it out loud is often helpful. Could I just talk with you about how I'm feeling and see what comes up? 
Remember, you're not alone. No one is. We belong together, and we want to help each other. We're not supposed to go at it all alone, to have it all figured out by ourselves. In Swedish, we have a saying that roughly translates to "shared joy is multiplied joy." Asking for help is an act of strength, an act of care, and an act of contribution. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episode by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Visit the website insidethecomfort.zone or click the link in the show notes for a chance to send me your questions and feedback as a voice message. And with your permission, if it's valuable for our listeners, your content might be featured in an upcoming episode. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker, and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you, and please keep it up. Talk more soon.